Okay, everybody. Um, thanks for having me. My name is Thomas Hansen. I am uh, with a Ancient and Innovative Solutions. Um, we're a small aquaculture outfit that uh, is starting up on uh, Palm Island, which um, is about uh, 60 kilometers north of Townsville. It's a small Aboriginal community. Um, not much industry there. Um, no economy, <laughs> basically. So I just realized that I'm here to promote a new economy in my community. And uh, I just realized that um, first I have to promote economy in my community. So um, my business partner, Lee Chandler, unfortunately was unable to make it today. And um, he would have loved to be here, but uh, I'd like to introduce him. We are Calcutun descendants, but identify as Bulkerman men, which is, uh, it means many tribes united, which is um, what we call ourselves on Palm Island. Okay, and uh, a few of my other um, consultants, James Root, my chemical engineering consultant, Cassia Nalaja, my, um, who's writing my environmental in impact statement, and uh, the traditional custodian, Walter Palm Island, who's involved with the permission to do what we're going to do there. Um, Dr. Richard Braley is uh, the giant clam guru of Australia. He's um, my chief product consultant, uh, along with Dr. Andrew Lewis and Dr. John Patterson, who always who also work in uh, conjunction with Dr. Braley on research projects uh, pertaining to JCU, Orpheus Island, stuff like that. So, okay, I've got a picture of a giant clam here. Um, our lease is a multi-species hatchery, so um, I'm just going to give you an example with one of one of the species that we're going to be producing, which is the giant clam. And I'll just click over to the next slide. Okay, so agriculture for indigenous industry. What I'm talking about there is um, the people of Palm Island having an industry that um, you know kids from high school can study and come out and um, go straight straight to work in. Um, at the moment, we have a fish shop, a pub, and um, a bakery. <laughs> I think that's about it. Oh, a service station. But there's nothing for kids to come to after, after high school. So moving on. Um, I'm going to speak to you a little bit about indigenous people and aquaculture. Um, aquaculture has been happening with my people since time began, uh, from the ancient design of uh, the fish trap, which many of you may be familiar with. Um, um, even um, the culture of oysters on sticks and inner tidal zones down south, uh, where the Murrays used to grow their, grow their oysters on the sticks, and it would save them from having to travel too far, and uh, it also kept their immediate environment sustainable so that they were able to manage and use it. Um, aquaculture today is, one of the, is, is the fastest growing market in Australia, um, and uh, because of that, <laughs> Um, the, markets, the markets, because of high demand, uh, remain grossly unfulfilled. And um, there are, there are species, well, like the giant clam um, in South China Sea, there's recently been put a ban on the harvest of that due to unsustainability. So the demand is coming in for these, for these uh, the giant clam in particular. Um, uh, so ancient innovation, ancient innovation solutions um, takes a modern approach to um, the practices of our ancestors uh, pertaining to sustaining um, populations in coastal areas and protecting our environment for further use. Okay, um, so in, in saying that, I, I'd like to also redirect that um, Indigenous people um, 
are really well adapted, especially in the coastal community that I come from. This is our way of life. We live by the ocean, we live in the ocean, we live from the ocean. So we're well adapted to this already. Um, it's something that we do on a daily basis. A lot of us supplement our diets through fishing or hunting on the inner tidal zones because prices of food are so high. Okay, so um, in regards to the giant clams, so um, <clears throat> there are giant clams that um, can, be, uh, can be used to produce a second generation that have been cultured in a first generation, which um, I'll get onto that later on in the slides. Um, their uh, site, site is listed um, and for overseas export, because they're a vulnerable species, um, you need to have a second generation to export. Okay, so we do have some, um, we do have some uh, parent cohorts um, sitting on Orpheus Island, which neighbors Phantom Island, where I want to, where I want to set this up. Um, they've been gracious enough to give me access to those to breed my second generation, which um, is unheard of. Uh, as a matter of fact, my chief project consultant gave me an email last night saying uh, he's in PNG at the moment, um, trying to teach villagers there how to spawn giant clams, and uh, his email said, well, we tried to spawn today, but um, the gonads were empty. You guys are so lucky to have something you don't have to spawn. So, <laughs> so we're doing well there. Um, uh, ecotourism comes along with this project. Um, ecotourism can start even before a hatchery or land nursery is um, implemented. I mean, um, and, and uh, ways, that you could, ways you could incorporate uh, ecotourism into the beginning of the hatchery stages are uh, uh, researchers. Um, people that are interested in, uh, in helping out in, this, in Aboriginal communities, um, people that want to come help set up and maybe learn something. I won't go too much into investors. We all know how that is. Okay, so um, in uh, stages one and two of our feasibility stages, um, primarily phantom preferred, but in the, in the Great Palm Island group as well. Um, so in stage one, ecotourism, which I also already said that um, it could be implemented before, um, before any hatchery is, is set up. And um, around the Great Palm Island, Phantom Island, uh, ocean nursery grow out, which I'll get into a little more in depth, um, pertaining to the family leases that are around there. Um, stage three, uh, commercialization, Phantom Island, Juno Bay. We bump up to a large scale hatchery if everything goes okay. Um, okay, now we're going to need a processing plant. This can either be on Palm Island, Phantom Island, or in Townsville. Either way, it's going to create jobs because people need to um, process our product to, to be shipped here, and people need to ship it there, and uh, people need to be able to handle it. Um, we need people to do that. Where do you find them? Palm Island. <laughs> Okay, so this is Juno Bay. Um, this is Phantom Island. This is um, the northern shore and the southern shore. Um, it's well protected area, so it's highly suitable for the kind of agriculture that we want to do. Uh, it's also a former leper hospital, and um, it's uh, heritage listed. It's got great, uh, great cultural heritage significance. This island does. Um, there's actually a cemetery where. Uh, People from the old leper, ho leper hospital were buried, and some of the nuns are buried there as well, I think, that ran the convent. 
Um, the tra traditional owners have been consulted. Uh, I know it says we'll need to be consulted here, but um, we've already consulted with them and they're more than happy for us to do this because we're doing it for the right reasons. Um, they've had a bad experience with people coming in in the same bay and doing aquaculture and uh, forgetting where they came from. Mm. Ecotourism is really well suited for you because of the cultural heritage significance. Okay, so um, just to give you a little uh, idea of what kind of installation we want. So these big black lines you see here will be our intake pipes for our fresh seawater to pump our fresh seawater in. Over here we'll have worker and visitor accommodations and our hatchery modules. I actually live on this island um, by myself at the moment. I've got the whole island to myself. <laughs> okay, so we'll move on to the Great Palm Island Group. Um, if you'll pay attention to these areas here, uh, primarily this side, um, th this is excellent habitat for uh, grow out of oysters, clams, beach demur, stuff like that. Um, people own uh, family trusts along here. So one of the, thing, one of the things we want to do, um, uh, there's family trust camps. Uh, people on Palm Island have their main house, then they have their camp. Um, a lot of us to do with overcrowding, I think. But, uh, um, people along these regions with family, family camp trusts, we can uh, incorporate them into grow-out programs when, uh, when we've hatched and are ready to move into the grow-out stage. These people can uh, learn how to manage those grow-outs, which is very little work involved in them. Um, they can uh, learn how to, you know, tend to, tend to their garden, basically. They're just growing a garden. Um, come, time, come time for harvest, of course they'll share in the profit for the work that they've done in uh, upkeeping the stock. Also really well suited for ecotourism. It's a huge island. Okay, so our processing plant on the mainland, I already spoke a little bit about that. Um, our meats can be harvested at the grow-out farm, uh, but they have to be brought to the mainland on ice, as I said before, uh, which in itself creates jobs. And I'm running out of time, I'm going to start clicking. Okay, um, the giant clams that we'll be using. Um, Dr. Richard Braley has... Um, he has uh, moved some clams from Orpheus Island and concentrated them on Magnetic Island to do a case study on uh, you know, population density, but mostly to mimic uh, a commercial scale operation and, um, and uh, watch what effects it has on the environment. And he's got lots of positive results. Um, okay, so this, I'm going back to uh, the site he's listed. Um, so threatened species, so JCU has the F1 cultured clams at Orpheus Island. I'm very fortunate to have access to those. Um, it's going to save years and um, we've already got a foothold there that is going to push us years beyond um, our expectations. Okay, so up here on the, this slide we have the Tridacta gigas, which is primarily um, produced for uh, meat and shell. Um, purposes, uh, some, some aquarium purposes, but they grow really large, so if you don't want to put one of them, you're not going to get out of your tank later. <laughs> um, um, 
these ones over here, the hippopus, hippopus, um, primarily for meat, but uh, a lot, a lot of aquarium as well. They don't get as big. Um, these little guys here that embed in the rocks, those are um, Gracia and Maxima, Tridacta, of course. Um, they're primarily for the aquarium market. Um, good returns on those ones. There's some pictures of what a hatchery might look at, look like. Uh, this is Dr. Rick Braley uh, doing some work. Uh, I think that's actually on Orpheus Island, not far from Palm. So, if you if you'll see these clams here in this tank right here, you see how big those clams are. That took 20 years for those clams to get that big. Those are the clams that I'll be spawning our second generation out of. Okay, uh, I'll just get into you really quick with uh, about polyculture. Um, a big part of our program is polyculture, where uh, we use one organism to mitigate environmental issues around other organisms. So, um, trochus, for instance, cleans the algae off the off the clams and helps them to seed in the seed on the reef bed. Probably, um, we we also have a polyculture program such as seaweed, which we can plant in between our um, oyster beds that will mitigate the amount of nitrates that come off them and in, into the water. Thanks. Okay, here we go past that one. Okay, so as I said before, our people are well adapted to work with the sea. We've been doing it since time began. Um, there's no reason why we shouldn't be doing it now. And uh, especially because today's methods make it easier, you know. Um, and a key selling point, we'll just use oysters for an example. A key selling point for us on our product will be Palm Island oysters grown on Palm Island. Nothing's grown on Palm Island. Wouldn't you want to eat an oyster that's grown on Palm Island? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, yeah, we'll go past that one. So yeah, just to give you a little idea of what, what um, this is kind of a medium to large scale hatchery system. This, this is the nursery grow out systems that we'll be using. This here is a picture of baby clam spat, which is what you call baby clam spat. Okay, next one. Okay, um, ocean grow outs can, uh, ocean nurseries can either happen um, at depth or in inner tidal zones where people can uh, walk around, you know, in the water and, and tend to them. But um, as I said, we use the sea a lot where I'm from. Um, people are always diving, people are always walking around in the shallow waters. Why not be doing something with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Next, please. Okay, so this is give you kind of an idea what an ocean grow out will look, look like. Um, leading up to the market harvest. So, yeah, the, you, as you can see, the population is quite dense there, and um, it's, uh, you, you get a lot of clams out of a little area. Okay. Thomas, how, how old were those clams? In, the in that grower? Yeah. Those were about five years old. Right. Yeah, five, six That's years old. Yeah. Just ready, for, ready for harvest. Five mm -hmm. to seven years, I think, is the harvest. Um, Okay, so this is a picture of Palm Island community. Um, there's all this reef here. The jetty is right here, drops tourists off. All this reef here could be snorkeling trails, dive trails, and we can train indigenous um, tour guides, you know, to, to do this. Um, oh, interaction with tourists from indigenous leaders and elders on the island, um, it just enhances the ecotourism experience and uh, it attracts, it really attracts people, especially people that aren't from Australia. Um, okay, the whale migration comes directly through Palm Island. This um, 
takes me back to some papers I wrote in environmental science on protected area management, where um, <coughs> the driving force of protected area management is ecotourism to fund it. And it also, you know, it, it'll also promote conservation. It will make people aware of what's happening with the ecosystem in Palm Island. And it will make people think, how do we keep that pristine? How do we save that? Um, yeah, and as you can see, people love to swim over a giant clam. They're beautiful. If any of you have never seen a giant clam, you've got to. Okay, so I think I've gone on enough about ecotourism. Um, but as I said before, we anticipate a strong demand um, from people that want to visit an indigenous <coughs> agriculture operation. Um, you know, marine and terrestrial ecotours, like I, like I was just talking about, and interaction with indigenous guides, um, which, as I said before, we will be involved in the training. Uh, yeah, we'll go through the next one. Go through that one. Go through that one. Um, I just want to give you a quick idea of the profitability on giant clam. Um, if you look down here, this row of three here. So we come over here, um, and this is in a five to seven. Uh, no, this is in the three-year stage. So out of um, six million seven hundred fifty thousand surviving clams in our grow-out we can fetch a market price of $27 million. Wow. Whoa. This is five to seven years, people. Wow. Excellent. That's not Stop playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is just to uh, give you an idea of the schematics of our, of our, um, of our hatchery. Um, we'll, we'll be set up in modules. Um, of course, we're, we're aiming to use all recycled material um, and, and reduce our impact on that island as well. So we'll go to the next one. Uh, oh, budget. I might as well show you this budget because I just showed you what we'll make. That's my first year budget. That is not a lot of money at all. Um, I think I've personally seen my uncle and auntie lose out on probably that much through. <laughs> you know. Uh, we'll go through to the second year budget. Quick again. Second year budget is not much different. Um, uh, sorry, in the previous slide I should have said uh, I should have showed you the ecotourism budget. It was seventy five hundred for the first year, but um, I, I think after the third year when we can start um, sending aquarium clams out for for sale, I think um, the farm would become self sustainable enough to. Um, to not need a budget in in plan for, for ecotourism. We can sustain it through our agriculture operation. Next one, please. Okay, what you all want to hear, how does this fit into the new economy? Um, well, we have a high school marine science program that's been dormant for at least five years that I know. They've got um, tanks, everything. It's all set up for them to learn. So I approached the school and asked, um, is there any way that I can incorporate my business into your business, which is education. And um, there is a way. Um, I, can, I can take uh, cohorts of clams or beach demur or oysters, if you will, and teach these kids with my own equipment that I'll set up in there how to produce the product in the lab. Um, I think it will spark enough interest that um, when they get out of high school and they know how to do this, 
being said there's nothing for them to do after high school over there, they're going to come to do what they know how to do, what they learned to do, the last thing they learned to do in high school. Um, as I said before, the family camps uh, trust and Ocean Grow Out co-ops, it's going to benefit everybody. Um, in turn, you know, the, the, the market returns that, that the families get can pay for their leases, you know. It, it, it all becomes self-sustainable with them. Um, indigenous enterprise creating a cascading effect. Uh, I hope to be able to build um, other industry that follows from my business on, on Palm Island, um, you know, centered around maybe the ecotourism. Um, you know, like I said, we've got a fish shop and a bakery and a servo there. <laughs> People could start, uh, you know, start their own restaurants over there. And it, it would all cascade from what we're doing. Um, like I said, a barge service. Um, people could start their own barge service to move our product over to the mainland. Uh, uh, beach to there's you have to dry them. It's a very arduous pro process. People can pick up contracts with us to do that. Um, okay, and and the reason why the reason why we want to um, we want to do this is because we want to attack the roots of the social problems that are stemming from the lack of industry, lack of viable industry on Palm Island. Um, it's it's horrific sometimes just to see, and we've spoke about it in the last session as well, um, some of the things that are happening to our people there, some of the things that are happening to young indigenous men and women that don't need to happen, that could easily be saved, we can easily save this, um, just by creating sustainable industry, on our own, creating an economy that we can then incorporate into the new economy. And uh, I'd like to thank you all very much for having me today and listening to what I have to say. And uh, thanks. If you could just line your questions up, because I want to ask you some questions. I mean, uh, it's just really interesting, because uh, when I first went to Palm Island in 89, we talked about all this agriculture, and the mole people talked about it, you know, they need to do it and get licenses and that sort of stuff, and you're making it happen. So it's just amazing. Yeah, is that circle again. Mm. You know, I was a young fella way back then, and now they were talking about it and fighting for it. It's just starting to manifest itself in a, in a, in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm.